Hey guys, welcome to Peace of Authenticity with the Andersons. We're live every Monday morning and we want to be current and authentic and genuine in every topic that we bring for you guys. Nothing is more refreshing than when people are open and honest with their walk with God. And that's just what we want to do. We want to have conversations with you weekly that ignite you and challenge you to be the best that you can be. A lot of times we think that we have to have it all put together and we put on masks to get through our week. But here, we want to be able to just talk it out. Exactly how it comes out is exactly how it's going to be. So join in on the conversation. Praise the Lord. It's a good day. Sweet, sweet. Well, welcome back. Part six. Oh my goodness. I know. The beautiful attitude. This has been so amazing. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, really, oh if you think gosh, about it. Oh my it really has. Yeah, we, we kind of learn along with, with while we're while we're talking, but um, we had somebody tell us earlier, um, since between the last podcast and this one, that the Beatitudes are not something that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not a lot of stuff preached about either. And I mean, the, the elements might be there, but the actual overall Sermon on the Mount it's the most important sermon ever preached, the the biggest sermon ever preached, but it's the least followed and it's the least understood. Yeah. And yeah. so here we wow. are. We're going in part six. Let's dive in so we don't go over our time again like we always do. Yeah, we always do. <laughs> so seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and he taught them, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We already went over that. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And finally today, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That one just like hits me in the feels. Yeah. I I mean, who doesn't want to see God? I mean... Oh man. Well, you know you know what that makes me think of? It, it makes me think of Exodus when the Bible tells us that Moses would go into mm-hmm, the tent of mm-hmm. meeting and he would meet with the Lord and when he would walk out, they said that his face would be glowing and literally that he was getting to see God and it even changed the appearance of how he walked on this plane. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about just supernatural stuff. We're talking about the supernatural came into the natural and Moses literally his yeah. face would be shiny man any a life a life surrendered to the lord moves the supernatural into the yeah. natural that's what it does yeah. and it's a little bit of what we talked about yesterday uh, yesterday <laughs> tuesday too but oh man you, you know this took me on a wild beautiful goose chase of scriptures about purity mm. i want to read just a couple of them um, the first one says, uh, the first one is Proverbs sixteen two. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Ooh. Yeah, and the next one, oh yeah, if you oh, is that Jacob pulling up? Because his truck is pretty loud. Sorry if you hear a little rumble. Okay. The next scripture I want to read is Psalms nineteen nine. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. I love that too. It connects the fear of the Lord to the purity. And a lot of people, I know that we've taught this a few times with fear of the Lord, but it is a holy reverence for God, which brings about purity. It brings about the whole woe is me situation Mm -hmm. that we talked about a few times before when we talked about the morning. 
beatitude. And then let me do one more. This is one of my favorites. Psalms 51.10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Mm. Mm. So there, there again we find ourselves, right? He says, create in me a, a clean heart or a pure heart. A clean heart, O God. Yeah, he says pure. And yeah, so... We find ourselves there and where it's saying that's something else that only the Lord can do. And I think that a lot of times if we get caught up in the works of it all, we are trying to do all of these things ourselves when it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. But in order to see God, you have to be pure in heart, which can only be done by God. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to always take credit. There it goes back again to instead of being righteous and being justified, righteous and right standing with the Lord, we become self-righteous. And so then we see, we want people to see the external when God sees the mm-hmm. internal. Mm-hmm. God sees, man yeah. sees outward expression, but God sees the heart. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that time and time again. But I love what the the Strong's Concordance actually if you if you go into the Strong's, this I, I love the Strong's Concordance. If you can't figure that out by now, um, but it says, "For they shall see God." Another another word that could have been put in there instead of "they shall see God," it's "they shall experience God." Mm. And when you when you flip that around and not just see God, because then people are like, "Oh, what you can see angels or you can just see no," but it's you will experience God, and that's. That's the kind of thing that we were talking about just a second ago with Moses. Moses didn't just go into the tent to see God. He mm-hmm. experienced God, mm-hmm. and it transformed him. And what happened in the supernatural became obvious in the natural because he experienced God. And, it, and I just heard you can't really see God without experiencing him. It's impossible because the glory of God when you behold him. Mm. Um, anytime I've heard anything about the glory of God filling the room or even somebody that saw God, but it was so overwhelming, the glory of God was so intense that they felt that they were going to die. That's how intense. I know it sounds bad, but no, it's glorious. Mm. And, oh man, it, something that I really want to highlight here that the Lord showed me is that purity is not perfection because purity is attainable and perfection is not. Yeah. And so many times we try to uh, strive for perfection, thinking that that's what God wants from us. We have this list of do's and don'ts, and we'll do all the do's, and we won't do any of the don'ts, even though that's a lie, because we've all fallen short of the glory of God, it says. And so don't don't strive for perfection, mm. because the Lord has called us to be pure, Right? He's called us to be pure in heart because he wants us to behold him. He wants us to experience him. He wants to have a relationship with us. And his glory is just, whew, it's heavy and weighty and good and just glorious. Yeah. <laughs> it's glorious, glorious people. Yeah, no, it's actually what I took in my notes down for today is actually when I was going through this is the pure in heart are those whose minds motives and principles are pure those who those who seek not only the external actions to be correct but desire to be correct in heart Mm. and then man looks at the outward appearance but god looks at the heart 
And mm. I think uh, a lot of the, the biblical commentaries that, that you can look up, it, it takes it beyond a step of, of just being pure in heart. But basically what they're trying to say is what that means is singleness of heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And into where it's your heart. You know, the Bible tells us that a kingdom that's divided cannot stand, yeah. right? And a lot of people, a lot of people like to compare that to America or, you know, the body of Christ. We're all divided. We cannot say these are these are all true statements. But if your heart's divided, you can't stand either, yeah. because you are supposed to be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, the the presence of the Lord fills the temple, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if your heart is divided between what you want and what God wants, it can't stand. Something I we've been watching this show called Turn. It's about the spy ring that mm. was um, in the uh, Civil War. Oh, good Lord. The Revolutionary War. And something that someone said last night just hit me when you were talking about that, Aubrey. And he was a spy and someone asked, why do you do it? Why are you a spy? And he, he said, um, someone told me long ago that if I sit on the fence long enough, I would be impelled by it. And mm. so many of us try to have a little bit of God here, a little bit of the world there, and we try to juggle and we try to sit on this fence and yeah. we get impaled by it. It ends up being our demise is this fence because we can't pick God, but we fully can't pick the world. And we're just like playing ring around the rosy with God. And it's like, it's that time. He's calling forth that time. Every single one of these Beatitudes, Aubrey, is the Lord calling for our heart. He wants our heart. Like it makes me like emotional because I've said this before, but when you read the Bible, it's, it's, it's a story of, of a God of the universe coming after your heart. Like he wants you. And just, yeah. And he loves you so much. And I promise you, I'm telling myself this too. If you give him everything, you'll never regret it. You won't regret that step one of fully yielding to him, of being poor in spirit because I have nothing without him and I won't do anything without him. When you take that first step, you're not going to regret it and you're going to mm. go further and discover more about this amazing God. And and whenever it said there, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God, that there, it just like strikes a chord in me because it's, it's what I want more than anything to see God. Right. And, and then I was like, wait, there's somewhere in the Bible where it actually talks about, um, the description of God, what he actually looks like, you know, just literally. So I looked it up and it was in revelations, revelations one, 12 and, uh, through 15. And there's a, a part of it about God. So I, I want you to close your eyes and, and just see him. Okay. It says the hair on his head was white as wool as white as snow. And I want to enter, I want to put right here that snow means pure. Snow means purity. Okay. So it says the hair on his head was white as wool, as white as snow. And then it says his eyes were like blazing fire. And right whenever I read that, right when you look into the eyes of God, the glory of God overwhelms you to where everything that is impure in you gets burnt off. Like, uh, I know you've heard of refining, right? How you refine gold. We've talked about it a couple of times because it's so interesting. For pure gold, you actually have to melt it with fire and all the impurities, the impure metals will come to the surface and you can take those off and then it's pure gold. And I just saw this beautiful picture of the eyes of God looking at us and us looking at him and we can't help but be purified through that too attain that purity that the Lord's called us to. And it goes to my favorite verse. I told you, Aubrey, I went on a fun um, 
not a rabbit trail because the Lord took me from one to the other. It made me think of one scripture to another. My One of my favorite, favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so it's that picture again of what Aubrey was talking about earlier about Moses, the glory of God shining on his face. That's what it it talked about earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 about that, about Moses reaffirming that. But then it also saying that is for us as well to behold the glory of God to where it shines on us. And, And we literally, our face starts reflecting his. The more time we spend with God, the more we look like God. It says that we're man, we're created in his image, right? But our hearts turning towards the world makes it to where we look like a deformed image of God. Um, It actually says that the angels that were all in heaven that fell, though, they fell with Lucifer. They're deformed and they're, they're ugly now because of them turning from God and being away from God. And it, it's... I just love how the Lord says he doesn't look at the outward appearance, right? But he looks at the heart. So I'm talking about the heart here, that that journey of us, our heart, finding the heart of God again, where it was meant to be all along, the Garden of Eden, right? Where we're meant to be all along. Our hearts are supposed to be like this with his. They're supposed to be one. They're supposed to be together. And that's what the Lord wants more than anything. So we're finding yeah we got to go through the refining um i want to say one more thing aubrey that the refining fire is mandatory to maintain purity it's mandatory we can't skip the hard part we we can't skip the wilderness we can't skip the refining it's mandatory for that purity well i think it goes back to what john 15 says and about i'm the vine and uh, you are the branches, and whatever is not producing fruit gets cut off and thrown into the fire. I think uh, a lot of times we try to run from what's uncomfortable whenever yeah. we should embrace what's uncomfortable, really. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the pureness of heart comes down to the simple, the simple story of the rich young ruler and how yeah. he came to Jesus. And he said, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, knowing... Knowing that the man was wealthy, he comes from means and uh, everything, you know, tests him with, you know, you should love the Lord God with all your mm-hmm. heart, love your neighbor. And and he says, yeah, and I've done all these things. And so Jesus says, okay, here's here's the final thing that's keeping you from me. I want you to go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. What he didn't realize was that he had an unhealthy attachment to something that his heart was divided between materialistic things, owning land, owning the animals that he had, the the wealth that he had when he could have inherited so much more. He could have inherited the kingdom of heaven, but instead he stayed locked up in the material mindset of the thing and refused to follow Jesus because that meant parting with what he held most dear. In that moment, we all discover that this man, he might've been holding up the commandments. He might've been doing everything that he was supposed to be doing, but his heart wasn't pure. He couldn't let go of that materialistic mindset. He couldn't let go of every of the kingdom that he had built here on the earth. And therefore he couldn't Mm -hmm. see the kingdom of heaven because all he cared about was his kingdom here. And I think Matthew six, just, just immediately following what we're talking about, the beautiful attitudes, Jesus is talking in Matthew 6. 
And he says, you know, do not lay up for yourself treasures on the earth where moth and dust can destroy it, Mm -hmm. where thieves can break in and steal it, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy it. And then he goes one step further. So because I know in, in the American mindset, the consumer mindset, we are all drawn to dollar signs. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're drawn. In order to be successful in America, that means rich. That means wealthy. That means a, a person of means, basically. And so that's the funnel that we have. And so when we look at the beautiful attitudes, we look at, oh, well, if somebody's blessed, that means that they're wealthy. No, 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 no. Jesus was saying, go sell everything you have and come be poor with me. Mm-hmm. Come come be poor with me and I'll show you the kingdom of heaven. But he says right here, and I think this is this is amazing because he says the, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, mm-hmm. your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness... How great is that darkness? And right before that, he's talking about not storing treasures here on earth, but storing up heavenly treasures. And so, and then he goes, no one can serve two masters, mm-hmm. right? So basically, pureness, pureness of heart comes down to the desire that says, I have my flesh, my human desire has wants, but... I want to become pure in heart so that my heart wants what God's heart wants. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why Jesus was saying, you know, I didn't I didn't come here. Jesus could have been here and been wealthy and, and just taken over kingdoms. They just had kingdoms surrendered to him. What did the enemy try to do to him when he was fasting in the desert? He says, I'll give you all of these kingdoms of the world if you'll bow down to me. Jesus could have had all the riches and stuff, but instead he came for the lost sheep and he came for what God's heart was about. And so when you become pure in heart, there is no ulterior motive. There is no, well, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times and and we're guilty of this too. Mm, oh yeah. I, I know we worked in the church and there were times that we would do stuff because, oh, well, this will make my church look good. This will make me look good yeah. if I do that. And we, we tend to, to do nice things, but we, we want the, we want the glory for it too. Mm-hmm. Or if you have an idea and somebody else steals it, or if somebody if somebody at your job you're up for a promotion and somebody else gets it, what's your instinct when they're celebrating and saying, "Hey, I just got this"? What's your first instinct? It's usually jealousy. Like, mm-hmm. well, why'd you get that? What and about not me? me? Mm-hmm. Right. And pureness of heart. There's no room for that. And when there's no room for that, you're able to see God in all things. And I think that it's it's kind of like. Jesus was able to take these disciples and take all these people that he laid hands on and healed and he saw God in them and he saw God everywhere, even in Samaria, in Syria, in all these other places. He just saw God everywhere because he walked around in pureness of heart. And he's saying that we can do the same thing. And and I think that steers us to, I, I want to, well, I want to end my talk. You can add whatever you want to add there. <laughs> um, to Isaiah 6. And Isaiah 6 was, um, it's a scripture I've read before and I've loved. But specifically at the beginning of the year, we were both praying about a word or words for uh, 2021. And the Lord took me to Isaiah 6. And so I just started reading it. I'm going to read um, the first few verses to you guys to get this picture. Okay. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two wings they covered their feet, and with the other two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty, and get this. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I think that is the perfect picture of, first of all, purity and seeing God. And oh, it just it just shook me to see the glory of God is all in this. I mean, this is in the throne room, right? And it talked about how his train filled the temple, and I was just listening to something about that. And actually, back then, a long train for a king means there was a lot of victories because what they would do is they'd win a victory and they'd take some um, cloth from the train of the king that was defeated and add it to the train of the king that conquered. And his train filled the temple. So can you imagine? And the first thing Isaiah said, which I talked about in the morning, uh, I think it was part two, woe to me for I am a man of unclean lips but then one of those angels came and purified him by touching a coal to his lip from the altar of the throne of God and it's like when we see God it's that refining all over again woe to me I I am unclean I am unclean and it just takes you you know you see these steps that we talk about with the beatitudes over and over again you step here there 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 with all these different parts of it and it's just this beautiful picture of seeking the face of God and attaining this purity that can only come from him, not anything that we can do. So please don't put that on yourself. You can't attain purity by what you do. You attain purity by like what Aubrey said with the eye, by what you let in and what you let hear. Yeah, it is. I know. I just kind of want to sit here and ponder it. It's the, the, the simple fact of the matter is nobody, nobody's doing it perfectly. Only, only one person ever did. Only one person ever got it right. But here's the thing. If you find, if you find yourself in a place where you're just like, man, my heart is in the wrong place. I am not pure in heart right now. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is go back to the beginning of Matthew chapter 5 and go back to the very first one. Become poor in spirit once mm-hmm. again and then mourn at the fact that you fell short yet again, right? Because that's what mourning is, mourning the sick the sin that's in there and then you you become meek again and then you hunger and thirst for righteousness and then you become merciful. And then when you get into another position, maybe the next time you're put into a situation, you'll realize that you finally, the Lord has brought you to a position where you can actually respond pure in heart with mm-hmm. no ulterior motive. Because if you have, if you're responding to something and you have an ulterior motive, then that's manipulation and manip- manipulation, according to the Bible, is witchcraft. So um, we don't want none of that. Everything is important. Every decision that we make, everything that we respond to has true significance and importance and it's all a matter of what's in here 
Mm-hmm. All that, of it, it. That's it. All of it. Where's your heart at? Yeah. And so, there it is. I just, I just pray that Damn. we're all, we're all pure in heart. Or Lord, help us to become yes. that. Help us to reflect that, so that when we get up in there and we become meek and merciful and pure in heart, that people will just see. God all over us and that we will see God in everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe things aren't mm-hmm. going the way that you want them to go, but you can see God in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's not acting the way that you think that they should act, but you can see God in it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we look for more times to be critical than we look for fruit on the tree. And people that are pure in heart see the fruit. They don't just see the the withering branches. They mm-hmm. see the fruit. And so there we are. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They will experience God. Mm-hmm. What a great place to be. Oh, man. That's so good. And we went a little over, but yeah. it's what you it expected. Every flipping time. Yeah. So we Forgive didn't go us. over. Yeah. We are only doing 25 minutes, so we're yeah. right on time. It's a lot shorter <laughs> than your Sunday morning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but short, shorter is not always better. But here's the thing we, we want to let everybody know that the importance that we find I've been in Matthew chapter five. I've read Matthew chapter five, probably for the last several months every day, Mm -hmm. just keeping that the center of my focus, because if I can reflect the beatitudes, then I can reflect Christ. And that's what we're all supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's preached enough, Mm -mm. but next time, Next time. We are going to be talking about peacemakers. Oh, man. And here's the difference. There's a huge difference between peacemakers and peacekeepers. Yeah. Okay? Peacekeeping is not really. That's what I was about to say. That's so crazy. Yeah, for Uh, real. Okay. We didn't talk about that beforehand either. So, yeah, there's a huge difference between making peace and keeping peace. Mm -hmm. Um, Keeping peace is not always of God, but making peace is every bit like Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, there we are. We will see you. What is next time? It's Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Oh my goodness. We have two more um, sessions left of this series. And then we're going into season two of Peace of Authenticity. Did you know that? No. I don't know anything. I just show up here. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I just show up here and Jordan does the rest. She's she's the mastermind. I just kind of talk sometimes. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. Okay. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> You're funny. You could have just said, wait, stop, right? Not the. <laughs>